the Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and AJ Salveson, thanks for tuning in on Full Court Press. It's still a derogatory term. It's not. Like, especially in that position. It's not. Compared to everybody else that he's around, that's a correct term. It's smaller What's so wrong in, about that? He's smaller in stature, but using a certain term. There was a reporter in, where was it, Cleveland? Yeah, ESPN Cleveland is what they call it, I guess. Suspended? Tony Grossi. Is it Grossi or Grossi? I don't know. Degrassi. That was a good TV show back in the day. Tony Grossi. I don't know what it is. Let's go with Tony Grossi since he called him a midget. But I, that, that's okay. Look. In reference to Baker Mayfield, by the way. I, I've been called worse. All right. I've been called tater tot before. That's horrible. No one wants to be referred to as a tater tot. They're an afterthought next to fries and onion rings. <laughs> I like tater tots. Oh, you do? Yeah, see? It's like Napoleon. You know, you just put a few extra in your pocket. Oh, dude. It, it was off air. Dude, the producer didn't shut the mics off. Oh. <laughs> so he called, the, he called him the M word off air. We're going to say the M word because I don't want to offend anybody, including myself. Quit yawning. How, sorry, how long is he suspended for? Indefinitely. For the M word. Come on. But that's the funny part, dude. He said, oh, man, that was off air. And he thought the, mic, the producer should be getting fired, too, while he's at it. I was always told, treat the mics as a producer. Like a loaded weapon. Safety first. That's what I was always told. And I still screw it up every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that big of a deal, though. It's it's definitely not a socially acceptable term anymore, Ajay. Are you serious? According to apparently what I've been told... That's what society tells me now. So I have to go with what Wait, society tells me now. Had you been calling people the M word, Eric? No. Hmm? I get called the M word almost every day, like by eight year olds. How come they don't get suspended from school? Suspended from recess? How come they don't how come they still get to have lunch? Bullies. Yes. Hey, speaking of which, okay, so the the young man who was bullied and then his mom filmed him speaking, I guess I guess he was, I don't know if he's a midget too, I don't know what the situation, so I heard he was 18, is that true? That little that little guy who was sitting in his car, did you see this video? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh man, I, be, I wonder, okay, so I don't know how to spell his name, but uh, he... Uh, so there's this young man in a car, and his mom's filming him. He got bullied at school or something like that. 
And his mom's filming this whole entire time, and and he just like, and it's really sad. It's a really really sad video because he just he feels bad about himself. He feels upset. He's frustrated, um, and and says like he just doesn't want to do this anymore. So it was his mom says that he was a nine year old, but then reports came out that he was nineteen years old. Wow. So I don't know which one's true. I'm mm. telling you, like this world, just, and not to mention, I mean, Twitter right now is trending on Hillary Duff, Lizzie McGuire. Why? Well, because she disappeared from the spotlight, and they want to know why. I kind of want to know why, too. Why? Why are we entitled to know? Well, I am because- What if she just wants to go and live a quiet she life She was for, my for TV crush when I was young. I still remember one of one of my favorite songs, Rain. Let it rain. Oh, it's so good. Let it rain and some comes up with a rain. It, dude, it's a good song. It never made the it never made the top hundred billboards, but it should have. It got wrong. <laughs> Probably a reason for that. <laughs> oh man. Eric, we got a lot to get to. We got some depressing topics to talk about, like the Utah Jazz. That's that's not fun. Uh, we got Utah State. They got a game tonight against San Jose State. They honor four basketball players who will complete their careers at Utah State after the season complete. And stat and player. It's going to be a good show. It's going to be a great show. It, we, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. We, we touched on this a little bit last week as well. But uh, is the NFL Combine is starting to get going this week. Uh, yesterday was all about the measurables. A lot has been made about the size of quarterbacks. Oh, dude! And did you see the article Joe Burrow that was like, put out? Pray for me, you know. I I don't know how I'm going to make it. It was like a ten page article about Joe Burrow's hands and why it matters and why it doesn't. Yeah, and why everybody's going gaga over Jordan Love's hands. Yeah, which by the way, he does. I never really noticed he had monstrous hands until like one time I was like up close and I was watching him throw and. Dude, he made that college football, which is not a small ball. Uh, he made it look like just one of those little Nerf balls in his hand. It was incredible. Well, funny article on, on ESPN. They're talking about these hand measurements. Uh, Jordan Love has one of the largest hands in this draft class. And uh, they referenced uh, how he got a lot of attention at the Senior Bowl because of this. And <laughs> the article talks about how he was kind of reacted to it and he just kind of brushed it off. He doesn't know if it's that big of a deal. And Anyway, it goes through this whole thing. At the very bottom, it talks about him going up for some 11-on-11 drills. After just getting done talking to this draft analyst about the size of his hands, and he goes up to, uh, to the line and fumbles a snap. <laughs> uh, it's like, oh, you know what? It can happen to anybody. Size of the hands seems to be overrated. Yeah, like who? who Patrick Mahomes has kind of small hands, doesn't he? I don't know. He's he's a pretty big body. Mm. I, I don't couldn't tell you. This I know Russell Wilson has big hands. Brett Favre did, but he fumbled all the time. He had the most fumbles as a quarterback in NFL history. Tom Brady has massive hands. Dude, by the way, when I saw there's a did you see his tweet today? And he had like this, this huge Yeah. I thought it was retirement. I had to go change my underpants after I read it. It was actually a really cool it was all thing about, about Kobe, Kobe Bryant. Bryant. Yeah, I thought it was awesome.
But I thought it was a retirement thing, and I was about to lose my crap and delete my Twitter account. Uh, Mel Kuyper, again, take him for what he's worth, but he's got Jordan Love as the fifth number five uh, quarterback overall in the class. So I put him where? Uh, that still put him late first round. Yeah, kind of what we're. I can, isn't kind of what we're both thinking right now, right? He'll be. Others think he can go a little bit higher than that. I would love to see the Patriots draft Jordan Love because they need a quarterback who's got a good, a good, a good arm strength, pocket style quarterback, uh, but he can move well if needed. Uh, I, I feel like Jordan Love makes tough throws, tight windows. Um, is willing to take the risk when needed to. And with the right athletes around him, he's going to be successful. I'd, I'd love to see the Patriots draft Jordan Love. I think he could have a great NFL career. I think that he needs a year to uh, one year out. Oh, yeah. and to work with those professionals to fine-tune his blind spots because he has some significant blind spots. Yeah. But I, I think that he could come into an NFL situation and be successful. Because I don't think Jared Stidham for the Patriots is going to get it done. I wasn't a huge fan of him. Jordan Love could be the Jimmy Garoppolo of the Patriots when he gets his turn. So there's been some projections having him go to Indianapolis, which would be a great spot. Yeah, Jacoby Brissett's there. Brissett's already there. There's already a very good established offensive line. There's some other talented players around They him. need a running game, though. They have a decent running back. Uh, yeah. More consistent, I guess I should say, then. Colin Coward has always been very high on Jordan Love. Yeah. We've heard if you've been listening to this radio station and you've been listening to Colin Coward, you've heard him many different times over the last eight months. Praise Jordan Love. And he's very much in the camp of Jordan Love's gonna have a better NFL career oh, than Joe dude. Burrow will. Kay, because so- too much will be put on and expected of Joe Burrow early on. Here's the thing. And he'll fail. It's it's it, it but it's just it's it's for show. That's all it is, Eric. He's just because the Baker Mayfield thing is running dry. Him and Baker, right? I hate Baker. Baker hates me. So let's just let's hate on Baker for a whole entire three hours. He's going to go mind now, some topics. Yeah, so now he's going to find Joe Burrow, and he's going to go this route. Okay, Joe Burrow, who, by the way, is going to go play most likely for a team in the state of Ohio. I don't know what he has against the state of Ohio, but he does because he's tagging Joe Burrow everywhere. Hey. Joe's got two small hands. Joe can't figure it out. Joe's going to struggle in, his, in the NFL. This, but Jordan Love's going to be great. Let's let's tone it down a little bit there, Colin. We didn't get to this yesterday, but the, here's what Colin had to say about Jordan uh, yesterday on his show. Um, so I thought this was interesting. I'm sure it'll play well with Aaron Rodgers. The Packers' general manager acknowledges two reporters He would use Green Bay's first-round pick on a quarterback. Sure he would. You guys have heard me say this before. Everything I've been taught, that's where you start. You start with a quarterback. Now, when he says that, he knows he's not getting Joe Burrow, and he's not getting Tua, and he's not getting Justin Herbert. Who he's talking about... (laughs) Buffering. (laughs) Buffering. Come on! That's great. So who he's talking about... Stay tuned, everybody. Coming back on the Full Court Press slash Colin Coward Show. Who was he talking about? What in the world? Is it still buffering? It's still buffering. Goodness gracious. All right. Well, okay. Colin Coward's in love with, with, with Jordan Love and what he's doing. Not a fan of Joe. 
Look, he, like, Joel Burrow was not a great prospect. He's a great story. It's remarkable to me when he when we dismiss stuff that matters. Arm, maturity, wonderlick, hand size, it all matters. Dude, he's just flying by the seat of his pants. With a quarterback. Now, when he he's says that, he knows he's not getting Joe Burrow, and he's not getting two really smart people he's in not the NFL. Life. You're on who a roll. Who he's role. talking about. Do you need help? Is who the really smart people in the NFL like, but won't tell you. Jordan Love at Utah State. Jordan Love is what the future of the NFL looks like. He's six three and a half, two twenty five, mobile, big arm. And if you just flipped his sophomore stats that were amazing with his junior stats, bad team that weren't, Jordan Love would be a top five pick. What he's telling you is the Packers general manager is. If Jordan Love is available, we're going to draft him. And for the record, damn straight they should. Because if you don't, New England is. Jordan Love's the kid they're talking about. By the way, when Green Bay drafted Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre was 35. Oh, no. Aaron Rodgers (sighs) is currently 35. Aaron Rodgers was talented at Cal, but raw. His mechanics needed a lot of work. And he won some. Jordan Love is raw. His mechanics really need work. But he's super talented. And he did, won some games, but not a lot. By the way, Favre, it should be noted, won the division. But his stats were slightly declining. And they chose to get this kid out of Cal named Aaron Rodgers. It should be noted, Aaron Rodgers won the division. and Had a pretty good year. But if you look at his stats, second lowest completion percentage, third lowest passer ratings, those who are paying attention, Aaron's clearly like Favre at 35. There's slight erosion. By the way, when Aaron Rodgers fell in the draft, you remember who went ahead of him? A young quarterback named Alex Smith, who did not have a great arm, but was pretty athletic and had a very smart offensive coach, Urban Meyer. And he won a lot of games. Jordan Love falls to Green Bay. That's because uh, Joe Burrow, who won a lot of games, who doesn't have a great arm, (laughs) pretty athletic, would go ahead of him. I'm not saying Alex Smith and Joe Burrow are the same quarterback, but they share a lot of similarities. (laughs) A little overhyped out of college. Last year in college, won a bunch of games. Neither with a great arm. Both, I'm told, are very athletic. What the kind heck? Of popped their last year in college. Don't kid yourself on this. <laughs> Green Bay should draft Jordan Luff if he's available. I continued on for a couple oh, more minutes. Oh, man. Okay, you get the okay. Idea. You get we, the idea. Here's the thing. Like, there's, there's the whole Max Kellerman, Skip Bayless, let's put on a show for our fans to get the reaction. Colin's aiming for that right now. He's he's reaching for it, way reaching here. Why? He's been consistently no. behind Jordan Love. Yeah, and he's been consistently not for Joe Burrow. He's been consistently not for Baker Mayfield. He's been consistently uh, for Boston Celtics. Jason, T- I, dude, it's just I don't get it. I mean, here's the thing. I watch Alex Smith play in person. I was the manager for Utah State football in '04 when that same Alex Smith led team went undefeated, went to the Fiesta Bowl, and put Pittsburgh behind a woodshed and just laid it on them. 
I mean, that score did not indicate how bad of a beating that was. Alex Smith had a great arm, great athleticism, and yes, he did have a great coach, but Alex Smith ran that show all for the offense. Alex Smith had a decent NFL career. Yeah, but he's he got saying sidelined he by injuries. No, Colin's saying he yeah, didn't, though. Yeah, he's trying to indicate that, that Alex Smith was a bust in the NFL, and that's, and that's he totally wasn't. inaccurate. He had horrible coaching when he first got in the NFL. Horrendous coaching. Mike Singletary, or I think it was, was it Mike Singletary or Mike Nolan, just a joke. Really bad coaching. Then he goes to Kansas City, and he has some success. Right? And he actually he got Washington off on the right foot. No pun intended because he injured himself. Um, but don't like don't sit there and tell me that Alex Smith and Joe Burrow are one and the same because they're not. Now here's my question for you, Eric, and for our listeners. Uh, you can text in at four three five three three nine zero three two one four three five three three nine zero three two one. I want to know from you where do you want to see Jordan Love play at. What do you think, in your non-biased opinion, would be a good fit for Jordan Love in the NFL? Indianapolis? Would San Diego? Would Green Bay? Would Green Bay really be that fit? Because Jordan Love in cold weather doesn't really thrill me. I've seen it before. Uh, mm, great point. New England? Look, I like New England because if Tom Brady comes back, you can, you can train Jordan Love underneath the greatest ever. The problem with that is the other side of the coin is it's, there's cold weather. Games in, these, games in November, December, and January are not very friendly in regards to weather. Indianapolis has a dome, and you're behind Jacoby Brissett. How long is Jacoby there? Do they maybe let him learn for maybe a year, two years? Uh, and how far can Jacoby take him? If Jacoby has success, it's kind of hard to let that guy go. And you look kind of like an idiot. So 435-339-0321. And I want to hear everybody's take on where they'd like to see Jordan Love. Eric, where would you think... Jordan Love is the best fit. Well, I, I think you made some great points. I think he is at his best when he is in decent climate, <laughs> when he's got a good offensive line. Um, uh, so it's more of a process of elimination when you look at that, first and foremost. Because when it was cold weather games, he was demonstrably different. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't close to the same level of quarterback. Granted, no matter where you go in the NFL, you're going to have games in cold weather. But if you if most of your games aren't like that, you could have a nice career for Jordan Love, who doesn't really who does seem to be affected by that. Some guys not quite as affected. But Green Bay, they pick 30th in the draft. What about Las Vegas? New England picks 23rd. I don't think that Jordan Love will be available by the time Green Bay comes up. Las Vegas? If they keep Derek Carr for one more year and take Jordan Love underneath his wings. Warm weather, close to, I guess, close to Utah State, but not really close to home. Uh, But, again, Derek Carr's a decent quarterback. He just needs help around him, and he hasn't got a lot of it lately. Uh, I'm not so sure that that uh, the Raiders are going to do that because they're chasing uh, something bigger and free agency. Oh, TB? I mean, it's not going to happen. 
Either way, even if they get Tom Brady, they're still going to need somebody younger in the pool. Yeah. Uh, Chargers are kind of interesting, yes or no? Problem is that if he goes to San Diego, he's got to start right away. Los Angeles Chargers? Yeah, sorry. Uh, So I don't think that... My guess is that other quarterbacks will be higher on the list for the Chargers than than Jordan Love. I, I think Justin Herbert. Herbert's a good pick. I think maybe even Tua. Um, but I don't think that Jordan Love will be, or I don't think the Chargers will be picking when Jordan Love's available on the board. And I don't think they'll. I think they would rather go with those guys ahead of Jordan Love. Be my guess. This is a fun conversation to be having about a Utah State football player, yeah, RJ. Yeah. Where they're going to go in the first round. In the first round. When is the last time we had that conversation? Uh, never. We've had conversations about, will this player go in the first three, but probably likely in the third round? Because there's been a couple of linebackers from Utah State that have gone in the third round. There's been a running back that's gone in the third round. But when's the last time we talked about any Utah State player, period of regardless of sport, being discussed in the first round of a professional league? Yeah. Not since I've been alive. Maybe I'm too young to remember, but I can't tell you that I remember a player standing out this much. Because Chris Cooley got attention. Kevin Curtis got attention. Not first round attention. Bobby Wagner, uh, Kyler Fackrell. The Vigil Brothers. So with that, here's the thing is is it's interesting for the fact that like you look at a Bobby Wagner, right? Not a lot of teams thought a lot of him gets drafted and now he's he's probably a lock for the Hall of Fame. If not, he's pretty dang close. Well, he's been the best linebacker in the league for a couple of seasons at the very minimum. So, I mean, first round Sixth round, you know, it, there's always those guys who come out as diamonds in the rough, as, as we like to say. Jordan Love, I think, and I and I agree with you, will be better under supervision in the first year, under someone's wings who is an experienced, successful quarterback. Do not put him under, though, a quarterback like, I mean, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of an old veteran quarterback. That hasn't been success. Andy Dalton would be a horrible decision. Right, Tannehill. I, yeah. Tannehill would be a bad decision. Although, I mean, look what he did with Tennessee once they finally made that decision sure. to change what they were doing in Tennessee. Blake Bortles would be a bad decision. Kirk Cousins would be a bad decision. You want them under somebody who's willing to teach. And the other thing, the reason why I think that those other guys are going to go ahead of Jordan and we'll go into situations where they'll be able to play on teams. Seems will want to look at Justin Herbert ahead of Jordan Love. They'll want to look at Joe Burrow ahead of Jordan Love because these are guys that come from programs that have been in very tense situations with incredible talent around them for many seasons. Jordan Love was in the Mountain West Conference and had a good year his sophomore year but when the but against bad competition, yeah, he didn't have great talent around him his junior year. But also that was compounded by the fact that he had much more difficult teams that he went up against. So, I, I, when I if all things being equal, I'm going to go with the guy that played in a tougher league against tougher competition, 
with more pressure on him every day. And that I would lean more towards those guys than I would Jordan Love and his just quote-unquote raw talent. But I think Jordan can be there. I think he just needs to acclimate to the situation and get – because, you know, when you're in the NFL, you don't have to worry about going to class. You don't have to worry about getting your grades right. You're just studying football. You're practicing football. You're studying film. You're getting your body right. And he can focus in on just those things. And so I think given the right situation, given the right mentors around him, I think he can have a great NFL career. But I would be worried about sending him into a situation like Los Angeles Chargers, even the Miami Dolphins, that they're bad situations, they're bad teams, they're going to look to him to be their savior. Uh, I just think that puts a lot of pressure on him to do that. The NFL Combine will be uh, for the quarterbacks. It will be Thursday, February 27th from 4 to 11 p.m. Eastern time. So that would be 2 to 9 o'clock Mountain Time. And then for... Kipanalier, it'll be Saturday, February 29th from 2 to 11. And David Woodward will also be that same day, same time, 2 to 11 on Saturday, February 29th. Tipa cannot do any workouts because of a past history, but he can still interview with teams. David Woodward's another interesting guy. High IQ, extremely good character, great football player. Great nose for the ball. One problem, and it's a major one. The concussions. And I hope, just look, I, I, I understand it's, I mean, it's a kid's life, a young man's life at stake. But I hope a team will give him a shot. Take a look at him. Sit down and talk with him. Talk with him football. And listen to his high IQ. His calming demeanor. <laughs> just watch the film. Yeah, watch film. Anywhere the ball was, it's he was. It's stupid. It's stupid. He's on the left side of the line. And he on on a uh, on a stretch run to the right side. He's the first guy to the football. First guy, Eric. He sheds one, maybe two blocks, and gets to the ball. And if you need any more evidence about the type of player he was, an impact player he was, see what the team looked like while he was there, and then look at what the team looked like in the weeks after. And by the way, he didn't play. For the, he didn't different. play for the second half of the season. He made first team All Mount West Conference. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> That's, that's amazing in itself. And Tipanalia, I think, will be a good fit for a team. He's got good size. He's got good hands. He's got good speed. I know he can't do any workouts, but I think the interview process alone and a little bit of film on him should shed some light about how good he can be. Does Tipanalia get drafted, AJ? No. Does David Woodward get drafted, AJ? <sighs> you know what? I'll flip it. I'll go Tipa gets drafted in the like, fifth or sixth round. But David's not going to get drafted. He might be an unsigned free agent. Is that what it is? It? Unsigned free agent? What, what is it called? Undrafted free Undrafted agent. free agent. Thank you. Yep. I think, I think Woodward will give me an uh, undrafted free agent. That will be signed. And I think that Tipanalia will be drafted fifth or sixth round. I hope. I mean, oh, I guess I hope all of them get drafted. But that's where I kind of see it happening. But we'll see. Uh, there were, what, five or six players from Boise State that are participating. Yeah. One from Wyoming. Uh, one, I think, from Colorado, Colorado State. State. Yep. And then, was there one from Fresno? Offensive kid? Receiver? I can't remember. And then, I don't remember if Hawaii had any. Um, pulling it up right now. What world is that? 
Oh, you got a tour going on. Oh. So there are, excuse me, there were four players from Boise State, two from Fresno, one from Hawaii, one from San Diego State, three from USU, and one from Wyoming. Frankly, I'm a little surprised there weren't more from San Diego State yeah. that were invited. All right. We're overdue for a timeout here on the Full Court Press. We're going to take it now. We're going to come back. A couple different things to get through. Uh, Utah Jazz, an ugly loss last night at home in Salt Lake City. Utah State, they're in action tonight. It's senior night, plus a non-senior who this will be his last home game. And so we'll hear from Craig Smith and preview uh, San Jose State and uh, the, these last this last home game for these guys. Uh, we'll also look at the stat that blew our minds and our player of the week. It's all ahead here on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. This is The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Belichick would prefer to keep Tom Brady for this year. Now, prefer is not the most loving compliment to play to your franchise quarterback, but Brady's 43. Uh, You know, as I said earlier, when I'm 83, which is like quarterback dog years, blah, 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 at 83, my wife would prefer me to be around, but she's probably done tolerating most of my nonsense. Colin Cowherd. Weekdays from 10 to 1 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Jay Salveson, Full Court Press. Hey, it's uh, according to 2776, it's dwarfism. He's not a midget. Okay, the 18-year-old thing is nonsense put together by trolls. Thank you, 2776, for clearing that up. We appreciate it. If you want to weigh in, we'd love to hear from you. 435-339-0321. That's our text line. Hey, by the way, AJ, before we continue, I, I need to um, voice my uh, appreciation. I think that's the proper word to use. Okay. For all the years that I got to work alongside Jenny Christensen. Uh, for those who... Been in the Valley for a long time. You'll recognize that name. She was a longtime host of different uh, talk shows on our sister station, KVNU. She worked in the radio business and specifically with KVNU for over 40 years. It's incredible. For about 45 years, actually, in one place. It's That's unheard of. It's not uncommon for someone to be in one industry for a long time. But it is uncommon, especially in this business, for someone to be at the same station for that length of time. Jenny Christensen retired in late 2018. We held a, a, a fun ceremony here at the Cash Valley Media Group uh, last year, uh, renamed our uh, newsroom, the Jenny Christensen Newsroom. We hosted her here. It was a great party. It was a great event. We got to share some memories and thoughts and and get caught up on how things are going with her and her life in retirement. Anyway, after I got off the show last night, I got a call that uh, Jenny Christensen had passed away this past weekend. She was 90 years old, RJ. She was working a full-time job into her late 80s. Phenomenal lady. And uh, I got to work alongside her for... 15 years while I was, we shared the same room, basically, same office. 
And uh, she was a great example of not making the story about the reporter. The, the story should never be about the storyteller, the person who shares the story, I should say. Um, she always did a phenomenal job of, you know, uh, trying to find out the information and sharing it with people and uh, getting the word out, attending public meetings, uh, calling people that were running for office, waiting up late hours of the night to get the election returns, and then being back on the air and reporting the news early the next day. Uh, Jenny Christensen was an icon. Uh, she's a legend in news circles um, and uh, certainly respected by anybody who she ever interviewed from all that I've been able to uh, to gather. But uh, anyway, our, our appreciation continues for Jenny Christensen and her legacy and uh, what she did for um, uh, all of us in this business, others who came through here at various different points in their lives, whether to work here at a, for a brief moment or were interviewed by her. Certainly, we were all impressed with her class and with her dedication to her craft. So um, just wanted to pass that along. Appreciate what, uh, what she has done. Uh, for those who may be interested, uh, her funeral services will be uh, this weekend. Um, but uh, we've got some of those details on cashvalleydaily.com. But I, it would be a mistake if I didn't at least say something to share my appreciation for, uh, for what she did for me as a young reporter when I first started out here full-time uh, back in 2002 and uh, for the things that I learned from her working alongside her and watching her and observing her. So tremendous lady, tremendous example, and she had a, a tremendous legacy as well. You know, I, uh, I don't, I don't want to add too much more because I thought you, you put that very eloquently uh, of, of Jenny. Uh, but I think, I mean, the things that <clears throat> stand out for me that tell me enough about Jenny, because I didn't know her that much. You know, I'd come in, she'd be ending her shift, she'd be leaving, I'd be coming in. But the fact that there's three things. One, there's a room named after her now. Uh, there's a newsroom where some of our best hang, you know, do their work in. They're now in that room. Um, that's one of the things that stands out to me. To the fact that uh, you know Al Lewis sent out a social media tweet after the passing and and paid his respect. That's a Hall of Fame broadcaster, Utah Hall of Fame broadcast member, sharing another and such a wonderful message about another Utah Hall of Fame broadcaster. And the other, the, the third and final thing is is when people think news, they think Jenny Christensen. When they think KVNU, they think Jenny Christensen and Al Lewis. That's really what comes to the mind of everybody. Um, and someone had told me um, this morning that when Jenny called, you showed respect. This wasn't a, oh, you know, I'm not interested. Let me hang up on you. This was a, yes, how can I help you? That's hard to find in the journalism world now, to find people who are, yeah, let me spend some time with you and talk to you. Jenny wasn't just given that respect. She earned it through her great work. And I yep. think that says a ton about Jenny Christensen. I think it says about a ton about some about the employees that work here who are doing the exact same thing. There are things, there are a lot of things that uh, you know. Personally, I look at as achievements that were that have been great that we've that I've been a part of, 
here at the Cash Valley Media Group over the years. Try not to toot my horn too much on those things. But one of the things that that really uh, stands out to me probably the most was uh, reaching out to the Utah Broadcasters Association and say, hey, you, you guys discontinued the Hall of Fame a couple of years ago, but I just want to let you know about these two great broadcasters and their legacy and what they've done. And that started a conversation and an opportunity for both Al Lewis and Jenny Christensen to be inducted into the Utah Broadcasters Hall of Fame. I'm so glad that I did that. They sent that message out, and we started that conversation, and that we were able to get that done. Yeah, rightfully done. So our, our thoughts go back uh, to our family and loved ones and um, wishing them the very best. But, uh, yeah, goal, uh, uh, a, a Valley icon, a radio icon in, in the radio business, and she did it the right way, which is saying a lot in itself. Yep. As far as uh, what, what I've been told, uh, it, was, it was very peaceful. Um, and, um, you know, she, she was able to, uh, she led a great life and, uh, was very involved in a lot of other things. We always worried that no one around here wanted to ever tell her to, to stop coming into work, not because she wasn't ever producing, but we always had this fear that the day we tell Jenny Christensen not to come into work is the day that we basically write her, her death sentence. Um, but, uh, that never happened. We never asked her to stop coming in. I, she she kept producing. She kept making things happen. She wanted to be here, and she always did it the right way. I do regret one thing, and that's not having her clean up her makeup off, off the phone. <laughs> it's it's still there. It's still there, and it's uncleanable. <laughs> Jenny, nice. I love you, but that stuff in will be there forever. There you go. Nice. <laughs> anyway, uh, not to be too much of a sidetrack there, but um, no, just, it need to be said. just I, learned of that just yeah. as after I got off the air uh, yesterday. Um, wanted to uh, make that uh, share my thoughts publicly about that and express my appreciation for uh, all that she did, all that she was, and all that she helped so many to do. Well said. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric France and Ajay Salveson, Utah Jazz were in action last night. Or were they? Take it on the Phoenix Suns. Great first quarter for the Jazz. Looked like uh, they were doing well. They were doing all right. Then Phoenix starts to make it interesting in the second quarter. And the Jazz never really countered or took back control. And they started to allow fringe guys to get, get some confidence. And Phoenix just keeps on rolling. And the Jazz... Just don't stop them. Actually, there are some fundamental problems with the Utah Jazz right now. There's okay, so let's like let's look deep into this. Honestly, let's dig deep into this. Why is this happening? We have an all-star break. We get into San Antonio. We get San Antonio home. Blow that one. Houston at home. They just truck us. So Phoenix Suns, Devin Booker, right? We're gonna be okay. We're gonna fix this. It's against the Suns. Nope, can't play defense worth a lick. 
defense is such a massive issue, and it's something I didn't think we were going to be. I didn't think was going to be a consistent problem, and it has been. I you know I asked Dan Clayton this morning uh, to you know give me a stat that tells you the most of what's going on, and that uh, that that surprises you the most. But then also attributes to why the Jazz are on the three-game losing streak. He says the Jazz are currently down to 18th in rim field goal defense. No team with Rudy Gobert should ever be that low. They were third last year. That is shocking. And points to and points to guards just not doing enough to keep people in front. End quote. It's, and he's right. Like I mean, Bayon's getting blown off the line. Mitchell, same thing. Joe just looks slow. And, and and Mike Conley doesn't even look like he should be out there half the time. Just defensively. And, I mean, look, Rudy Gobert is your defensive player of the year, but Rudy Gobert is getting shredded because your guards can't play defense. Right, and everybody wants to go at Rudy Gobert. Everybody wants that poster moment going against Rudy Gobert. They're challenging him. And I, he's not getting a lot of help. No. Uh, it's so it's not like one player is having problems defensively. It's a lot of players are having problems defensively. Yeah, it's bad. I mean, teams are scoring at will. Well, they're and and they're doing it every which way they want. That's the crazy part, Eric. If they want to go to the rim, they're doing it. If they want to just get a screen on the outside, one dribble and a step to the right, pull up three, they're doing it. If they want to get a pick and roll, they're doing it. I mean, it's just whatever. I just feel like the Jazz are constantly reacting defensively. Yeah. Instead of imposing their defense on their opponents. Yeah, what happened to that? What happened to the whole aggressive thing? Like, we're going to push you around, not the other way. I I think the the problem, and Dan Clayton went through this on on Twitter today, about you know what, what help might be out there. And specifically at the power forward position. Is there another big man that can be down there and, and, and play tough? And we've I've talked about this before numerous different times on this show. I just don't think they they have that tough guy enforcer. Yeah. They traded them away. Not that Derek Favors was necessarily that tough guy enforcer, but he was a force in the middle defensively and how he played. Jay Crowder was definitely a tough guy enforcer. I thought that Royce O'Neal could play that stout defense, and and Rudy Gobert was going to be good enough in the in the post to handle that as well. But they they're lacking that. They just don't seem to have that vinegar in their veins. They don't have that toughness. They had that five game losing streak. Then they rediscovered some toughness, and they played well going into the break. But they've lost it since. Oh, they've lost. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They've uh, and not only are they losing it, but they're getting blown off. Ricky Rubio last night, thirty-three minutes. Eric, twenty-two points, seven steals, eleven assists, six rebounds. Thirty-three minutes, twenty-two points, seven steal or seven steals, eleven assists, six rebounds. And he went 6-13 from the field, 8-9 from the free throw line. Devin Booker at 24-10 and 4. 
in 34 minutes. Ours? And much of those Booker points didn't come until later in the yeah. game. The Jazz had kind of canceled him out. He really wasn't that aggressive because Rookie Rubio, it was his show. What a game he had. Holy cow. Six boards, 11 assists, seven steals, 22 points. Goodness gracious, a plus 31. So, Mike Conley in 22 minutes had eight points. Uh, Donovan Mitchell in 35 minutes was probably his best game of the season so far. Had 38 points. He was 11-19 from the field, 10-12 from the free throw line, and 6-9 from deep. Bojan Bogdanovic had 16 on 4-10 shooting. Joe Ingles had 9 on 2-7. Jordan Clarkson had 14 on 5-11 shooting. We just aren't getting it. it. It's not getting done on the defensive end. No, it, it, yeah, it's that's what it's that's really what's just incredible. It's it's team wide. It's yeah. not just one or two guys. It's not like one position where there's a problem. They just don't have that, and they haven't had a spark off the bench either. No, I mean, Clarkson has done some nice things, but who's that defensive spark? Who's that guy that's going to come in and and shut it down? I think this team has been built that while we normally like to think of the Jazz as this good defensive team. Really, it's evolved into a team that's just, hey, we just want to outscore our opponents now. And it's it's not going to work. So now the Jazz get Boston at home. Uh, can't wait for that one. Is it at home? Is that right? Yes. It's in Salt Lake City on fr- uh, Friday? I think it is Friday. Or is it tomorrow? No, it is t- no, it's tomorrow. tomorrow. Sorry, it's tomorrow. Then they hit the road. They take on the Wizards, and they take on uh, the Knicks. And th- there's some real issues here. I'm worried. And the team knows it. I'm Quinn Snyder knows it. worried. He on the bench at the end of the game, he was he looked baffled. Like, he didn't know. Did you see that look? Yeah. It's yeah. like he was lost. Like, I don't know why it's so bad, and I don't know how to fix it. That was the look. <laughs> Very disconcerting. They're in trouble. Where, where are they at right now in the standings? Because they're not going to fifth, be, solidly fifth. Yeah, they're not going to beat. They're not going to beat Boston tomorrow. I got. I first thought they would. They're not going to beat Boston tomorrow. There's a little bit of separation between them and Oklahoma City, but not much. If Oklahoma City wins two and, games, duh, two and a half games. It's two games. They're a win and they're a win ahead and a loss behind. Or I'm sorry, a win ahead and a loss ahead as well. But if they lose and, and Oklahoma City wins, you're looking at identical records, 36 and 22. All right, we're going to take a quick step aside here in the Full Court Press. Uh, coming up next hour, we'll get into the Utah State Ackies taking on San Jose State. It's senior night, the last home game of the regular season. It's a late one, but it's a great time to honor and recognize those, those great players that have been here for a long time. A stat that blew our minds and our player of the week. It's all coming up on the Full Court Press. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com.
Eric France and Andre Salveson. Uh, Utah Jazz, right? They are. They've got to do some real soul searching, Andre. They're this late in the season. It's tough to go out and find somebody to join your roster and be that difference maker. They've got to figure it out themselves. We've got probs. And, and I don't know if they can fix it, man. I don't know if they can solve it. Like, if you can't solve it versus Phoenix and Ricky Rubio, you aren't going to solve it versus Jason Tatum in Boston. I, I think they have the talent. Oh, they just, yeah. They just need they the buy-in. The so, wait. So, here's the question. Is it on the coach? Like, we talked about this the other day, two days ago. Is it on Quinn Snyder? Are they not buying into Quinn Snyder's system? Are they not just, with... There's a disconnect yeah. happening there? Yeah. And inside the locker room. Perhaps. It, it's time to start really asking that question. Two of these three losses are totally in, unexcusable. Shouldn't happen. They're, they're four and seven in this yeah. stretch of unbelievable death man in February. Yeah, it's, uh, it's frustrating. All right, coming up next hour, we'll get into the stat that blew our minds, our player of the week. And we'll preview Utah State, San Jose State, and look back on the illustrious careers of the four that will be their last home game tonight. Stay tuned. Coming up on the Full Court Press. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Kobe Bryant's memorial service was as profound and touching as it was heartbreaking. The outpouring of emotion from Kobe's wife, Vanessa, Michael Jordan, Shaq, and many others was a reminder of what an incredible life Kobe Bryant led and what a promising life was lost in Gianna Bryant. It's interesting that the message on Monday was not about how great Kobe was at basketball. We all knew about the five rings and all the accolades that he got on the court. Instead, it was about relationships and ultimately about love. The memorial service was one of those moments that transcends the scoreboard. That will always be there. What sports are at their best, they show how tightly knit we are as a community. Look at all the murals that have sprung up throughout Southern California. Wins and losses have their places. They certainly were a big deal to Kobe. He was as competitive as they come. But after the games are over, it's how we treat each other that really matters. And you saw that yesterday. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. 